Last week we talked about making a right choice. Talked about choose and judges, excuse me, Joshua chapter 24, choose whom you will serve. Choose who you will serve. Talked about that uh, at this time in Joshua's life, the nation of Israel, Joshua had extended a challenge to the people. They had received the covenant, and Joshua's on his way out. And he just wanted to remind the people. In Joshua 24, verse 14, he says, Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. And this is what he told them. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt, and do what? Serve the Lord. And he says, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But he says, but as for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. That's a good admonition to us even today, that we are to serve the Lord. And sometimes in life, because of all the things that are happening, I don't know about you, but there is so much happening in my life and in probably as you watch the news and see all the things that are going on, you just go, wow. Just, it's overwhelming sometimes. But it's just good to know, <clears throat> excuse me. It's just good to know that if you and I put our faith and trust in God, the old timers would say everything will be all right. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you actually believe that everything's going to be all right? Sometimes in life, it doesn't seem that way. But if you just... And we even say in the song, hold to God's unchanging hand. God never changes. We change. God doesn't. We could be hot today and cold tomorrow. We could be excited today and not excited tomorrow. But one thing about it, God never changes. And it's good for me, and I would probably think it would be good for you to realize that God loves me. Amen. The more I know how great God is, the more I see less of myself and find out that, you know what, Lord, in spite of me, you are a great God. I probably have talked about this before, but I want to go back to it again. Because when I look at what's going on, even in our church and even in the world, it's just good to know that God is great. That in spite of what's happening in the White House and the Congress and the Senate and in the State House of Ohio and even in your own house, wherever you may, your current address is, we need to know God is great. So in the 145th Psalm, the psalmist expresses to us God's greatness. Amen? And I think the more we understand how great God is, the more, we, we, the more we'll be able to align up ourselves and say, you know what, Lord? 
is I look at who you are and who I am not. I've got to come closer to you because when I look at your greatness, when I look at your love, what you've done for me, how can I not but serve you? How can I not but live for you in, in light of what you did for me? Amen? <clears throat> Excuse me. The 145th Psalm starts out, I will extol you, my God and King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and rises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. That's a good song. I think if you ever have a bad day, if you ever start a day out and go, man, you know, I just don't even feel like getting up. I don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like, you know, whatever. Read that psalm, because it gets, I don't know about you, but it gets me to focus on how great God is. I mean, when he talks about, I will extol 
you my God and King and bless your name forever and ever. What he's really saying is that he is going to praise God. He's going to sing to God. He's going to be able to extol his name. He's going to be able to exalt who he is. And every time you and I are, are allowed the privilege of getting up, what we can do is this. We can say, you know what, Lord? I will exalt you. I will praise you. I will bless your name. Not just today, but he even says forever and ever. Amen? And then down in verse 3, he talks about the Lord is great and highly, it is highly praised. His greatness is what? Does he say here? His greatness is unsearchable. You will go crazy if you try to figure out who God is. Some people have tried to say, let me think about, let me try to figure God out. Let me tell you something. You and I can never figure out God. He's unsearchable. He can't be found in the sense of, in the sense of you, can't figure all, you can't figure who he is. Why? Because he's God. He answers to nobody but to himself. He talks about there in verse 4, he says, I will proclaim his mighty acts. One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. The people before us and the people before them and the people before them and even the people after us will be able to explain, will be able to show how great God is because if he has, done not, has not done anything in your life, you can't say it. But I would venture to say everybody in this room today, there is something that you know that God has done for you and for you alone. And you can raise your hand today and say, we were saying this a few moments ago, what a mighty God we serve because you know for yourself that God is a mighty God because he showed up in your life one day, one time. But not just one day, but many days and many times. The old timers would say he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. Amen. God, God's been so good, amen, and he's able to, we're able to exclaim who he is just because of all he has done in us. So my generation and the generation after me and the generations before me and those after me will be able to explain and exclaim and, and proclaim how great God really is. They can talk about his wondrous works. Every night when I go out sometime and I look up into the heavens, the other night I was outside, and I looked up, I said, wow. The sky was clear, it was cold outside, and I was able to say, gosh, Lord, you created all this? You made every single star? You named every single star? The other day when we had snow, I was thinking the fact that every snowflake is different. It looks the same to us, but if you put it and examine it, Every single one of those half inch or quarter inch, whatever we got, of snow, they're all individually different from one another. And the fact that God knows the stars and gives them a name, if he does that to the stars, how much more will he do it to me? He knows me by name. Amen? He's able to talk to me. He's able to, to provide for me because he knows who I am. Amen? He also talks about, we were declared the mighty acts, verse 12, informing all people of the mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Man, God is his kingdom. He controls the whole world. 
I was listening to something and watching something the other day, and I thought, you know what? Man thinks he's in control, but guess what? He's not in control. God is in control. That's why you and I should not have to worry about what's going on necessarily around us just because God's got this thing. It seems that things are out of control. It seems people are just running amok. But at the end of the discussion, God has everything under control. He holds the whole world in his hand. And in spite of what man might think and what some individuals might think, they ultimately will have to answer to God. So we need to understand that and and have a, a sense of comfort and a sense of peace because in this world, they could talk about peace, they could talk about a lot of things, but peace actually will not come until he who is the prince of peace actually comes and brings peace. The reason why I say that is because it's hard for we as individuals, he's one of us here today, to have peace within ourselves. We're always wrestling, we're always tussling, we're always, our mind is always busy. But Jesus came, he says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but as I give, I give it unto you. You can sleep soundly at night. You can rest. You can watch all the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the Fox and the this and the that, and everybody's talking and everybody's speculating and everybody's saying what's going on, but at the end of the discussion, they don't know anything because God's got this thing. And I know for a fact that because if I'm, if I'm his child, he will take care of me. I'm sort of watching. I've, I very, I try not to watch too much news because I don't, half of, three-fourths of it is lies anyway. It's, it's based on your own personal preferences and your own bent, you know, however you are politically. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you would say that about that because that's your, that's your base. That's your understanding. And you're going to say that over here because this is where you're coming from. But somewhere in all this mess, there has to be some truth. And what I know for a fact is that man left up to himself will always lean on making things bend toward his own way. And I'm watching this stuff about they're already getting ready for the next presidential race. And I just think, okay, and we've got, I don't know how many Democratic people want to run and, and a whole lot. And I'm like, it's, it is what it is. I think the fact that the, President Donald Trump ran he opened the door that you don't have to have any political background. If you wanted to run for president right here today, if Howard says to himself, you know what, I think I could do as good a job as anybody else, Howard's going to say, yes, I'm going to be president. If, if Brother David wants to be president, if Brother Tony says he wants to be president, anybody can now run without even knowing what's going on. I used to think I wanted to be president, but I decided, nah. When I was a little boy, I, I thought, Back in the days of the Kennedys and all that, I thought I would. But now, that's not a job I want. Because it's, it's, a, it's a job you can never satisfy anybody. This is bad enough here, let alone being president. Yeah. And no. And if you watch the people that go in the office, they age tremendously. They start out young and spryery. In about year one or two, oh, my God, look at the gray. Look at the wrinkles. Look at the bags under the eyes. It's not an easy job. And I don't know why anybody would want to be president because for all the pressure and all the tension, you don't get paid well. But one thing I do know, God sets kings up and God sets kings down. Somebody said, well, I just think, I said, well, my own personal opinion. 
They have no basis, no, no scientific evidence. But I just think not too much is going to change from now until four years from now just because of the fickleness of how, how we as a nation and the people are. We no longer hold on to the truth. And that's why we got to understand God is greater than the United States of America. We are not God's chosen people. We, I've sat in history classes, and to hear, to hear the history told by our history teachers and stuff, you would think we are God's anointed people, but we're not. God's blessed us as a great nation up to now, as of now, but if we keep turning our back on him, we're going to face what he talks about here in the verse. We're going to face his judgment because we have no, are no longer willing to obey him and his word. All your works, he talks about, they all speak of his glory. Then I like what he says here, your kingdom is, verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures throughout all generations. God's not going, has not gone, it will not go anywhere. He was here at the beginning, he'll be here at the end. And somewhere in between that, there's you and I. His dominion will be forever. His word, the Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. God, I think Dr. White said, God is faithful, and you can what? Trust him. You may not be able to trust me, and I may not be able to trust you, but I can trust God. Amen? Amen? God is faithful. God will always do what he says he's going to do. He means what he says and says what he means. In all his words, in all the word, and throughout the whole history of every time God has spoken, he's always been faithful to who he is. And like, I like this other part, and kind in all his works. Different things may come into our life, but God knows what he's doing. Nobody chooses to go through some things. If you had, if you had your cho- choice, if you had your rathers, you would not go through some of the things as many of us are going through. But know this, he says here, God is kind in all his works. So whatever's going on in your life right now today, you may not like it, you may not want it, you may think it's a bad thing, but know this, God is kind, God is able, God will work it all out in every single thing that has ever happened to you or I. People die, people are born, people get injured, people get sick, God still knows what he's doing. And I like to think sometimes, even about my own self, it's not always about me. It's about people who are around me. Maybe God is putting me through some things so that I can witness to others of his greatness and his goodness to somebody else. Sister Elsie Stewart will soon be 103 years old. And I asked the question, why am I living so long? I'm ready to go. 103, get me out of here. It ain't about her 103. It's not about whatever you're going, however old you are or whatever you're going through. It's about you being a witness to how great God is. And the fact that, that you're able to be here for 103 years speaks of God's goodness and his kind works to you. 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever it is, God's been with you every step of the journey. He's blessed you. You've been through some things, and you can speak about some things. Why? Because you've been through it. Somebody hasn't been through something might need to hear you say, baby, it's going to be all right. 
I don't know why. Why me? Why did this have to happen? Why? Hey, hold it. It's going to be all right. Been there, done that. Amen? So God is kind. Yes, he is. He's kind in not some of his works, but all of his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. We fall down, but we can't what? Get up. Not by our own power so much, but because we got the power of God behind us. Has anybody ever been down? Everybody been knocked down? I see you're still here today. You were knocked down, but what happened? You got up. How did you get up? Because God enabled you to get up, and you knew this knockdown wasn't the only time in your life. And that's what he says. The Lord upholds. The Lord holds on to all those who are falling. And he not only holds up, but he raises up all who are bowed down. We are sometimes our own worst enemy. We can wallow in our own sorrows. We can wallow in our own mess. And that's the tactic of the devil. He wants you to think that you're no good, that you're, not a, that you're, that you're a nobody, that, wait a minute, why are you, you know what? You don't even deserve to talk to God because look at the mess you done did. Look at what you're not doing. And then we start thinking about that. And because we don't have the scripture behind us or have the word in us, we start believing that. And pretty soon we get deeper and deeper to it until all of a sudden we're so deep we don't even know how we got there. Or we don't know how to get out. But it's good to know that God raises up a bowed down head, a bowed down situation. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. To whom shall we go? Where are you going to find help out? Where, where will you and I find help in this world? We will only find true help by going to who? By going to God. Oh, I can come to you, but you are you and I, and you can come to me, but you and I are limited in what we can do. But with God, that's what he's talking about. The eyes of all look to him. I don't care whether you're saved or unsaved, believe or don't believe. In the crunch time of life, I know of no individual that when things are going the contrary, will not look up and say, oh, God, have mercy on me. You don't have to be a believer. Just let, we have, when 9-11 happened, the first thing the president of the United States said, let's all pray. Why would he say that? Because he realizes there's something bigger than him. A natural disaster, a catastrophe happens in the community. Let's, as a community, let's all pray. Not that we ever prayed before, not that we even care about prayer, but now we're going to pray. And the good thing to know is the eyes of all look to him. Whether you believe him in him or not, there is something about understanding that there is a greater power that's able. Amen. He gives, him, he, gives us, he gives us food in due season. He opens his hand, your hand. You open your hand, you satisfy, I like this, you satisfy the desire of everything. 
of every living thing. There's some things that we need, and then there's some things that we desire. And guess what? God, in his graciousness, gives us a lot of our desires. He's not a stingy God. He doesn't say, you know what, I'm just going to press down on it. No, listen, you want to do something, I'm going to bless you to be able to do some things outside of the other things that you got to do. Have you ever been blessed with some of your desires? Amen. God bless us. Beyond just the ordinary same old same old. You're able to take a trip. You're able to buy something. You're able to go somewhere. You're able to, whatever it is, you go, wow, man, that was good. Have you ever been satisfied? Not talking about Snickers. Being satisfied. Amen? Satisfied. Maybe you cooked something and you just knocked it out of the park. You go, now that was good. I'm not trying to brag. But I put my thumb on that one. I, yeah, I got that. Satisfied. You've been craving something, and, and you finally get it, and you go, man, whew, that was good. That's why the song said, I am satisfied with Jesus. How do you get satisfied with Jesus every now and then when he blesses you and I with the desires of what we don't necessarily need, but he gives us the desires of our heart? We can say, Lord, thank you. I'm satisfied. Amen? Amen. I'm satisfied. Oh, I may not be hitting on all cylinders. I may have some things going on in my life, but I can honestly say I'm satisfied. Are you satisfied today? Have you been satisfied? Verse 17 says, the Lord is righteous in all his ways. Everything God does is right. He makes no bad judgments. He makes no bad decisions in your life or in my life. Everything, he says, the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Whatever is happening to you God is right on point. You may not believe it. You may not think it. But what you think and what I think is not what God thinks. His ways are above our ways. We may not understand it, but it says here in this psalm, God is right in, not some, all his ways. I don't understand. Lord, when I look at What's going on in my nation? How, how somebody like that could be even be? He's still right. I don't understand why my kids are. He's still right. I don't know why my husband. I don't know why my wife. I don't know about why, 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 why. God is still right in all. That's some, everything he's done. And guess what? Everything he's ever done in your life, he's been right. He is right in all his ways and kind, there's that word again, kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him. He's always there. Late in the midnight hour, everybody else is sound asleep. Two o'clock in the morning, everybody asleep. Three o'clock, whatever. The Lord is near. Everybody woke up in the middle of the night, things are on your mind, you're wrestling, you're thinking, you're trying, to, you're trying to figure out some things going on in your life, and you just can't sleep, and you're tossing and turning. 
But the Lord is what? He's near. I remember Deacon Melly would sing, call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. You don't have to have call waiting, call forwarding. You don't have to, he, he don't even need to, he don't even have to know your number. All you got to do is call his name. Jesus! And guess what? He hears you. Of all the billions of people in the world that may be calling him, you and I can call him any time of the day or night, and God knows your voice, knows your call. Amen? He's near. At 30,000 feet, when the pilot tells, tells you, by the way, we're having some technical difficulties. We don't know if we're going to land the plane. We can't get the landing gear down. Who are you going to call? I know who I'm calling. I'm calling on the Lord. Lord, we're 30,000 feet. We're making our final descent into Dallas or into Dayton. I think we we're coming from Dayton when it happened to me. And he's talking about the landing gear won't come down. Uh, yes, I, we need you, Jesus. If I ever need you, I need you now. In the, in the operating room, in, in, in the hospital, things are happening around us, and you say, Lord, to whom shall I go? I know of no other person to call on than you. Bless my child. Bless the doctor. Bless me. Give them wisdom. Help them do whatever you need to do. And don't do it tomorrow. Do it when? Now. He's just that near. You know, one of the, one of the sad things about, no, I shouldn't say sad necessarily, but one of the things about having cell phones is that most people don't know everybody else's number. Because you got the list of people in the name, and you do, all you do is hit, hit their name, and, the, and the, 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 the line, the phone is, you know, their, their phone rings. Back in the old days, you had, I had to know your number, 382, da-da-da-da-da, yeah, either punch it, or back in the old, old days, you had to, the circular, the dial. Now all I got to do is go on my phone, go, Mariana, boom. She asked me what her number is. For a million dollars, Pastor, what is my cell phone number? Ah, I don't know. Now my wife's over here quoting it. She knows it. Because she probably calls it more than I do. Amen? That's just how near we are now to one another. But God's even more near to us than that. He's that close to you. You can call. I like what he says. The Lord is near to all who what? Call on him. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Call him up. Any time of the day or night, call him up. When you're driving the car, call him up. When you're walking in Kroger's or Walmart or wherever you are, call on him. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. He hears, he fulfills. You can now call Kroger's. Walmart, I think, has got it. Some of these stores have it. You don't, you just go online or whatever. You call them, you tell them what you want. They get your groceries for you, and you go there, and you pay for it, and they bring your groceries. Never have to go into a store. Just call them up. Say, by the way, I need some eggs, I need some bacon, I need some milk, I need some bread, I need this, whatever, tell them what you want. They put it all in a cart. They got a little section in it out there at Kroger's for whatever they call it, the shopping, and you pull up in there, and the little dude comes out. They 
swipe your card or whatever, pay for it, put your groceries in your car, away you go. Never have to go inside. They can fulfill your desires. I have a taste for Rocky Road ice cream. I don't know what... I don't know what Rocky Road is. I've never had Rocky Road. I've never even eaten Rocky Road. Is it good? Okay. Okay. So, yes, I hear something going, oh, so that must mean it's good. But God fulfills our every desire. He fulfills the desires of all those who fear him. It goes back to what we talked about last week. A right fear of God is a good thing because we realize who he is. He is God, and beside him there is what? None of it. I fear God not because I'm afraid he's going to zap me because every time I do something wrong, God sits in heaven and he says, well, you just sinned, McGee, so therefore I'm going to send a lightning bolt and strike you dead. That's not how God is. I ought to obey and ought to serve and ought to live for him because I have a fear of just because of who he is and I revere that he is God. He is my father. I mean, there's some, there, there was a time when the fathers loved their children as much, but sometimes when dad came in, people were like, okay, the dad's not in a good attitude. Something's wrong. Or we'll come home and say, guess what? Here's what, your child. My child? I thought he was our child, our children. Your child did something today. Fortunately, in today's world, ladies, you don't have to wait for your husband to come home. If you've got to take care of business, you've got to do what you've got to do. But you don't have to wait for your husband. Usually, most kids be like, well, mom was one way. Dad, if he finds out, it might even be, be just as bad. But God doesn't operate like that. God says, listen, I'm there for you. I will preserve you, especially those who love me. Now, this is something the world needs to understand. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. God hates sin. Amen? Sin is something that God cannot tolerate, will not tolerate, and there is wickedness in this world. And if the wicked do not repent, guess what? God will ultimately destroy every single wicked person that's ever on the face of the earth. As great as his love is, so is his judgment. And then he winds it up. Very simple. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. I will verbally praise God. So when I hear the song, what a mighty God we serve, I think of myself. Do I serve a mighty God? Yes, I do. Do I understand that the angels will bow and all that? Yes, I do. But not only do I understand them, but I myself will ultimately bow down before God. Why? Because he's a mighty God. My mouth, out of my mouth, not somebody else's mouth, my mouth will speak the praises of God. I hear so many times people say, well, you know what, Pastor, I don't, I don't, I don't, sing well, or I don't stand when songs go on because I can't sing. No, it's not about your ability. It's just about, man, we're talking about God. And I know what God has done for me. And I can 
Because I'm here this morning, I didn't know what he's probably done for you. He's done some things for every single person that's in here today. And if that's the case, we ought to be able to praise him. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Because they all come from him. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Whether you praise him now or not, one thing is for sure, everybody will praise him one day. The song said, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. What will they confess? They will confess that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So somebody says, Pastor, that's all right, but how do, I, how, do I, how do I apply all that? Just take a deep breath. Breathe in and realize that the breath you just breathed in was given to you by God. And as easy as you breathe in, you have to breathe out. And if God decides one day that you take a breath and it doesn't do anything for you, because of his goodness. Every one of us don't know the day or the hour. I know so many people, I have known people who are literally afraid to go to sleep at night because they think they may not wake up in the morning. That's a bad way to live. But if I understand my Bible right, I have put my faith in him. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I mean, I would hope I could go to bed that would be a nice way to go, to go to sleep, to go to bed, and then not wake up the next morning and be in eternity. I don't know how I am going to go. I, I don't want to be hit by a car or a semi. I don't want to be falling out of the sky in a plane. I don't want to be on a cruise and the ship goes down in the ocean. I don't want to be eaten by sharks or anything else. I, there's a lot of ways I don't want to go, but I have no control over all that. So whenever I get on a plane, people say, well, I'm afraid to fly. Well, you know what? That, that, that's understandable. But here's the thing. The same guy that rules and watches over me on the earth is the same guy that rules and watches over me in the sky. The same guy that watches me as I walk around Wilmington, as I drive from my house to Walmart or Kroger or wherever, he's the same guy that's going to watch over me if I go on a cruise on a ship. So he watches me no matter where I'm at. My faith and trust is not in the pilot, is not in the captain of the ship. My faith and trust is in God because I could just as easily step out of my house, slip and fall, hit my head and die. I can drown in a bucket of water. I can get, get ready to step in the shower, fall, the shower's on, and they say, he drowned. He drowned? How did he drown in the shower? Well, it don't take much water for you to drown. When it's your time, it's your time. That's why you and I ought to live right while we have the opportunity to do so. It's appointed unto everybody who wants to die. And then the Bible says after that, then comes judgment. There's an appointed time. This morning I got up and I forgot to set one of my clocks back. And I looked, I said, it's 6.38. I said, oh, no, it's not 6.38, it's or 6.15. I said, oh, no, it's 7.15. Oh, my. Let me get going here. I got to get to church. Amen? And I was listening yesterday or this week and then the other, everybody talking about daylight savings time. Oh! 
I tell you, my body just, I'm like, maybe some of you are like that. The, the change really affects you. But I'm, I, yeah, I don't think today is right now 11.15 or whatever. And on my mind saying it's really 10.15. It's 11.15. But if you have a hard time adjusting, just remember this. God is still in control. The same amount of day, 20, there's still only 24 hours in the day. We can move it up, we can move it back. The, the amount of daytime or nighttime doesn't change. There's only 24 hours in every single day. Amen? So how does this apply to me? I know God is great. I know God is good. I know what God has done for me. I know that my very existence is dependent upon God. And I put my faith and my trust in him. So when I get in my car or my kids get in my, their car, or my wife drives wherever, I say, Lord, they're in your hands. Watch over them. Amen? Say, be safe, be good, and all those good things we always say when they walk out of the house, I love you, and trust that when I come home, I'm home, when they come home, they're home, and God, thank you for another day. I can remember I was talking to Reverend Latimer the other day, and he was talking about he's, which, (laughs) I don't know if he's the right person to do this. He's trying to teach somebody how to drive. (laughs) Howard's going, oh, my God. Howard's like, oh, Jesus. So (laughs) he's teaching, he's showing somebody how to drive, and I just went, okay, all righty. And I said, uh, what's the parents doing? He said, well, they don't, they're not going to, they're not going to drive with this person. I'm like, you know what, Let, they need to get in a car with them, because I'm thinking in my back of my mind, of all people, with all the accidents you've had, because I'm trying to remember some of the things you ta- were trying to tell me how to drive, I go, okay, that went in one ear, out the other, so I just said, Lord, even in that situation, <laughs> you're in control, amen, God loves us, God cares enough about us. God is great. On one hand, we said we are to fear him because of who he is. On the other side of it is, because of that, I know how great God is. And because of his greatness, I can serve him and love him and live for him. Because, hey, as I look at my age, I can say, Lord, all these years, you've been with me every step of the way. And all I can say, somebody just said it, thank you for your kindness, your loving kindness, and your faithfulness to me. Father, we thank you.